Welcome to the Tactical Security Podcast. Welcome to Tactical Security, where we argue cybersecurity practices from a technical and a managerial standpoint. Here's what you need to know about today's security tactic. This is episode two. During this episode, we will be discussing the super short question, but incredibly challenging question to answer, am I secure? Tactically. <laughs> I am... <laughs> I am Wolf Gorlick. Uh, by day, I'm an advisory CISO. I'm Dave. I work in cybersecurity professionally, but you may know my work with Hack for Kids. So, Dave, today we're looking at uh, what is security, right? This is this is the fundamental question. Why are you here? What would you say you do here? Well, I don't know if I quite follow. I do security like you do, but what do you mean? <laughs> what do I do here? <laughs> How, how do you define security, mate? Oh, I got you. <laughs> Sorry. You know, hey, it is it is the end of the week. Um, all right. So, in how do I define security? Well, I know you you're probably going to argue with me on this one, but before I give you my definition of what I think security is, based on my two plus decades of, of working in IT and, and infosec, I'm going to give you the Google definition. So I, I consulted the Google. And Google says security is the state of being free from danger or threat. Now, that's true, but it seems to be a bit incomplete. And if you hit the little expand arrow, there's additional definitions. And one of them kind of resonated with me a little bit better. Uh, And it says, procedures followed or measures taken to ensure the safety of a state or organization. The only word I would change there is instead of organization, I would go with entity because this sounds too uh, governmental for me. You know, nation state or an organization could be a department within that nation state or state level of government or whatever. But I would say entity to kind of make it a bit more generic. So this is where my definition comes in. I say security is minimizing the expected annual loss of an asset, whether it's tangible or intangible, That is done by testing processes and procedures to establish trust. Trust that the asset has an acceptably low risk of loss. That's my definition. Now, I know that's mainly an InfoSec definition and whoever's listening could argue one way or the other. I don't care, that's my definition. That is kind of what I live by. So what do you think uh, of that, Wolf? First off, I think you have more credibility than Google. Wow, dude. (laughs) <laughs> that is a hard, heavy hit. Um, I, I think Google might be just grabbing it from some other source, like a dictionary type website. But man, well, let me that's a heavy let hit. me ask you this: how how many characters are in your password? It's more than eight, but less than fifteen. So Eric Eric Schmidt, right? Eric Schmidt, who was the the CEO of of Google for many many years, he's now on the board. Um, his password was eight characters. You want to know what it was? Sure. His wife's name. Ooh. <laughs> Lowercase Wendy with a bunch of exclamation marks. You know it is secure when it has exclamation marks. That must be a special character. So we're, we're, we're clearly secure, right? So I think uh, my starting point is you have more credibility than Google. Or at least the CEO. Or at least the CEO. It's not... To fame the entire company, Google security is pretty good. But anyway, anyway, not to argue so soon, but um, I'll give I'll give you back the mic. 
Well, here, here's the thing, right? A, a lot of times when we start uh, talking about cybersecurity, especially if you're talking about someone uh, at, at a hacker con or, or my favorite, uh, someone right out of college, I love asking and talking with someone right out of college. <laughs> what are, what's security? They're going to point to something like, hey, how long is your password? Uh, how, how, how patched is your server? Yeah. Uh, how clean is your code? Right, isn't that's that's like the the chess beating. How how many times have we been in a conference, Dave, and you you hear the the blue team beating their chest about how patched their equipment is and, and how hardened their firewall is, and the red team beating chest about how many exploits they have and how many points on the CTF board? Yeah, they do, and they do quite frequently, and they have whole dedicated talks, and then they purple team the talk and kind of beat their chest on both sides. I I still want to know what your point is. <laughs> My point is, is I think a lot of the ways that we come to the definition of security are by individual things that are easy to measure, easy to explain. It's individual ways of saying, hey, I'm protecting this asset. Uh, I, am, I am reducing risk on this, um, which really risk is very amorphous. So what I'm really saying is my password is long enough. Uh, I, am, um, I am going ahead and you know, securing this thing and, and, and I am protecting the lives. But the reality is, I think in cybersecurity, at least from a CISO perspective, what we're really doing is we're protecting the organization and uh, we're protecting the organization's ability to achieve its mission. And how we do that? Well, we do that because we are a, a, a you know, technology focused group. We do that by um, protecting the uh, technology that enables that mission. However, However, the eye has to be on the organization, what it's doing. And that, sometimes that may mean, you know, forget the asset, uh, have a short password. It may mean the exact opposite of a lot of things that people traditionally assume are secure. Yeah, I mean, I agree with a good part of that. And what I, what I like that you did that was different was when you talk to the students, they're coming out of, well, they're still in education, but you know, they're not in the classroom at that moment. And it's great that they're going to hacker conferences so they can learn from a different perspective of, of those who are, are lecturing and hopefully also practicing and doing security, but also people that are just kind of doing security all, all day long and every day uh, professionally. Those students are identifying individual assets that need to be secured or a potential um, process or procedure of, of securing something. So if you're password is an asset, right? The length of your password is a policy, right? So that's what they've been taught. And I like how you kind of zoomed back and, and brought it under the, the microscope of the organization. Well, I don't know. Can you zoom back and look at a mic? Yeah, I guess you can. Um, maybe the telescope <laughs> zoom of the back organization. And zoom I don't know. Um, but you're, you're looking at it from the macro level versus the micro level. And, and I think that paints the broader struck, uh, stroke that people listening need to understand that you can't just say, oh, securing is patching. Security is running antivirus. Security is having a long complicated password that I stored in some kind of password manager. Those are all tactical things, which this is tactical security and we can cover those things. But before we do, we want people to understand the broader stroke. Right, because once you can kind of zoom back and you get the bigger picture, then we zoom in on the tactics. 
Yeah, exactly. I think the the context here is important. And uh, I'm sorry to throw you off there by <laughs> saying, hey, what's the size of your password? But it it uh, it, it is so often that we come at security without thinking of the broader context. Uh, I remember years ago, I was having a lot of trouble uh, selling, uh, selling security internally, getting, getting the, the budget I needed, getting the team I needed. And uh, I was talking to, to a mentor and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? I'm like, well, I'm, I'm explaining that uh, we need, you know, the SIM and the SIM needs to automatically check these things. And I've got vulnerability management over here and I've got to, I've got to correlate the, the aggregate of, you get the idea of what I was saying. Yeah. It wasn't effective. <laughs> and, and, and my mentor who was in shipping uh, said, I would never talk about that. I go, well, how, how, do, how do you get budget? He goes, I talk about the trucks. Like you talk about the trucks. He goes, yeah, I talk about the trucks. Every single thing that, uh, that I'm pitching, every single thing I'm talking about uh, ties back to how I'm protecting the trucks and how I'm protecting what my company does. So you're, you're getting into um, the next kind of step or, sorry, you're getting into the next part of this conversation is what are we securing, Right. So you have the one individual that's securing a tangible asset, their vehicles, their vehicles help create business revenue. Those vehicles, while you say, well, it's a car, it's not technology, because traditionally we think of technology as what? Hardware and software working together. But that truck, I can bet you, has software. Mm -hmm. And the vehicle itself is the hardware. The sensors are the hardware. So what I hear you saying is, we're securing the technology. Am I correct? Yeah, you know, I I think uh, I think you you bring up a really good point there. I, my whole point was we need to be securing within the context. So when we're okay. working on the technology, we need to keep in in mind what that piece of technology means to the organization, right? What what does it enable? Uh, how does it tie into the broader mission? If you're shipping, <laughs> the trucks are pretty damn important. Uh, if uh, if you are in healthcare, um, you know your your security over your ambulance is probably not your your first thought. Your first thought is patient health and safety, right? Uh, and how does the equipment that uh, supports that uh, work? So when we talk about risk to an asset, uh, I find that very amorphous. Uh, when I talk about, hey, this, this server, this piece of medical equipment, uh, this software that's doing scheduling for the trucks, uh, this asset means this thing to the organization. That to me is a little bit more clearer in terms of what we need to do and, and how far we need to secure and how we need to balance security with usability. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I could see where your argument is. I, I would see that, especially in health and safety, the patient health is important, but there's also all the data about the, the patient. How is mm -hmm. that being protected? Going back to your technology type example, well, that data sits on technology. That technology could be an iPad. It could be a a wow or a cow, whatever you want to call them. That's a computer on meals or workstation on meals, right? That healthcare uh, providers use. Uh, it could be in a variety of places. It could be stored on optical disc or a SAN or a NAS 
in some data center. It could be anywhere, right? And it can go from one of these endpoints all the way to the long-term storage. So that's kind of where my point of view or my argument comes from is, you know, that, that asset, which is the data. I mean, granted, you want to keep people alive and healthy. That's a part of the business. The business revenue is based upon keeping people alive and healthy, but then also protecting the data associated with whatever's um, generating that revenue is also a part of keeping the business healthy because if that data is compromised and we hear about compromises almost on a weekly basis to a point where now they're really not news, um, this data is valuable to someone else and that's why they're going after it. And that kind of goes back to this whole section within this podcast of what are we securing? Are we securing the technology, the revenue, the data, um, health and safety or EPHI? But I think earlier, not I think, earlier, you brought up a good point that now people are working differently in, in their ability to um, generate revenue or generate or protect the assets, excuse me, is was challenging. And you actually am kind of segueing into something you mentioned earlier. So you want to take over? <laughs> <laughs> First off, just a, a little anecdote. You know, my, my background is in, in healthcare. And I, I worked with a, a nurse and she had this lovely brogue. Uh, she had this lovely accent. And uh, she'd be like, hello, dearie, where's my coos? <laughs> and of course, was the, the computer's on wheels, right? How are my coos today? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were going to say koozie or something else. But yeah, that's a cow. So she said coos, very cute. You would call them her coos. It was very cute. phenomenal. And confusing. And and confusing, but uh, <laughs> but phenomenal. Yeah, you know the the need to protect the the technology, the the coos, uh, comes first. Uh, my whole argument is keeping it within context. And then I, I had um, I had a, a intriguing set of conversations this week uh, with with a number of CISOs, and one of the things that I found fascinating was. Um, there, the argument was that they had re-envisioned their role in the past few months as being about securing employee productivity. So rather than say, okay, my, my job is to uh, put on strong controls to keep the adversary out, uh, these CSOs were saying due to the change to work from home, due to other changes that have been going on, right? Our role is to figure out how much of security we can remove to improve productivity. Not too much, right? <laughs> but, no. but how much can we minimize our controls and our assets so that people can get uh, more work done and, and have less friction? I could see productivity being an asset. And that's kind of an interesting turn of events, right? Because it was always there. But it was, I guess, a lot easier to measure when people were in their office or even if they were working from home and sometimes in the office, it was easier to measure. But now I, I, I kind of see like time being the asset. And because time costs organizations money, there's a value. And if that employee is not productive for whatever the reasons may be, then obviously they're losing access to that asset and those resources. So that's, that's an interesting, uh, I wish I was a part of those conversations. Yeah, it, uh, this is a, another crazy anecdote, but a, as, an, as another 
a weird anecdote you reminded me of. Uh, uh, Ludwig Mies van der Rohe. Mies van der Rohe. Mies van der Rohe was an architect. Uh, Mies van der Rohe was uh, famous for the Chicago style of architecture. And, and Mies van der Rohe is the guy who came up with the phrase and popularized the phrase, less is more. Mm. Uh, he built a building for IBM, the IBM uh, headquarters in, in Chicago. And what fascinated me about that building was he put in something like three times the number of elevators. And you're like, Mies, what? I, I can imagine me saying this to him, but <laughs> it's just me. Mies, what the hell are you doing? You're saying less is more. You got three times the elevators. Why, why are you doing this? And the reason was that uh, the time is money factor was so high for IBM executives and engineers. They didn't want anyone waiting ever. So they over-provisioned mm -hmm. to get people to their floors. So That's actually, yeah, that's a really good story. I thought you were going to say something like, because certain buildings only go to certain, like certain elevator banks in certain buildings only go to certain floors. And that way you're only waiting for maybe 20 floors in one bank and the other bank is kind of an express to another 20 floors and so on and so forth as a way to save time. Was that how they architected? And I hate to put you on the spot. So uh, we are we are going to very quickly tangentially move into Wolf's weird obsession with elevators and queuing. Uh, however, that that design pattern breaking up the elevators into floors actually didn't become popular uh, into the the nineties. So when when Mies was designing the plaza, which was uh, late fifties early sixties, um, that wasn't yet uh, a consideration. Oh wow! So that, yeah. So okay. That's uh, that's a good obsession that you have, I think. Um, getting well, getting it back to I'm sorry. Getting it, uh, getting. I was going to say, getting it back to security. Um, you know, when, when we think about measurement by time, we think about measurement by revenue. Um, you you brought up measuring a number of times, and I, and I want to ask you something. Um, how how do you determine when when an asset is secure? How do you determine what like success looks like? I, for some hard, hard question to answer, because you know what, I really think it's one of those choose your own adventures where the organization has to decide what is their risk appetite. If they are willing to accept certain kinds of assets to be lost because the value is low, uh, that's fine. And actually, you kind of said that in your, your definition of security near the end, where sometimes you just got to lose the asset, right? Um, from a specific consumer level, right? Let me... Um, sometimes, you know, in our conversations, I, I go in this direction and there's a variety of reasons, but most people can relate to consumer level security, right? So what are you doing in your home, right? You got a firewall, uh, you might have a router or that, that's, I'm sorry, you, you'll have a router, you might have a firewall with some rules, if you correct myself there. And, and that's kind of like a good starting point, but then what do you need to do after that, right? Then there's endpoint protection and so on and so forth. Well, from that consumer level, I really believe that also talks to the productivity aspect you were mentioning of, of what we're trying to secure. But the, how do we determine that we're secure? From a consumer level, I think the only way you can say you're secure is if you don't have a breach. Meaning, doesn't mean data loss, but you know somebody did not get on your system with some kind of threat. So they, you know, you didn't download something that caused the problem, something that could be fake antivirus or something that is ransomware. And now you're like, 
I got to pay how many Bitcoin? <laughs> Bitcoin's like $18,000. <laughs> um, kind of just dated this, this podcast. But, you know, it's like, wait a minute, what? Um, I, I can't do that. So, you know, at that point, you, you got to look at BCP. But the, the idea from a consumer standpoint of measuring security is really kind of determining like, okay, this is the computer that we do our taxes on. This is the computer that I use to um, kind of Citrix into work. So this has a higher value to me. I want to make sure it's protected. Oh, this is my kid's gaming computer. Most likely going to have more garbage on it. Maybe we'll put some endpoint protection on there and then kind of call it a day because if it gets destroyed, who cares? We just wipe it and then when I say destroyed, I mean like infected. We just mm -hmm. wipe it and then reinstall everything that we can download from the internet anyway. Well, okay, I'm going to ask you, how about at the enterprise level? How do we determine if an entity is secure? Well, who knows? <laughs> the, the challenge is, um, and I really like the phrase you use there, choose your own adventure. The, the challenge is, from a CISO perspective, what is the story you're trying to tell? And, and what is the result of that story you want to see? So for example, if, if I'm trying to, to say, look, the IT is, is terrible and we need to patch it, I may show risk by number of vulnerabilities. If I'm trying to say, look how fantastic the IT team is patching things, I may show a metric of how much work they got done. If, uh, if my goal is to uh, improve onboarding. I may pull a metric for my IAM capability uh, around how long it takes to get people to get people on systems and how long it takes to get people off. Right, okay. uh, loss in productivity and, and increase in in risk from a disgruntled ex employee. Uh, so the the choose your own adventure. I'm going to steal that, Dave, because I like that a lot. <laughs> it's not mine, but <laughs> go for the, it. In, in any enterprise, there are a number of things that we can measure. The important thing, if you're operating from a, a CISO perspective, is there's a behavior we want to encourage. There's barriers to that behavior, and there are benefits from that behavior. And we want to find metrics, measures, and stories that help people overcome barriers and help people realize benefits of performing the behavior that we want them to perform that leads to cleaner code, more productive systems, longer passwords, everything else, right? It's, it's that, that uh, behavior barrier benefit uh, workflow that we're trying to come up with the right measure and the right story to help people overcome and, and get things done. Okay, so I'd say some of those behaviors, whether it's enterprise level or consumer level, would be the same, others would be absolutely not the same like i don't imagine too many people actually having a sim in their house other than maybe people working in infosec or it um or even syslog like i gotta stand up a syslog server this weekend for some of the things i need to do i had one i tore it down and now i want to build a new one but um i, I see what you're saying right you know we're the anomaly because we're in the field but for the regular joe consumer then in that case those behaviors, I could see there being a lot of juxtapositions. The, the, the CISO perspective, I've always understood it to be more around policy enforcement. What are the policies? Mm -hmm. What are the processes and procedures to ensure that those 
policies are being enforced. And that would then go back to what we were talking about before of controlling risk and, and protecting assets. Process is really the, the fundamental engine that keeps things secure, process and, and behavior. Uh, but we've almost come full circle, right? Because what are you doing these processes on? What are you doing these behaviors on? Well, you're doing them on technology, and that technology means an asset, and that asset damn well better be secured. Uh, so um, I think in this conversation, we've talked a lot about various general ways to secure assets from strong authentication to, you know, access control um, to, to inventory to, to seeing where the coups have rolled. <laughs> but uh, Dave, if you were to like give one bit of guidance, you know, one, one tactic that can be taken back uh, in terms of, of measuring security, determining security around uh, an asset with the, the broader context we've covered here, uh, what would that be? I think that's a great question that anyone can really ask themselves. And I'm just going to kind of go back to what this podcast is about. Asking yourself, am I secure? Going through what that means to you from a security standpoint, process procedure technology standpoint. And if you say, yes, I'm secure, then at that point, you've reached a level where you feel comfortable that whatever losses you have, those are acceptable losses. And, and that would be it. Most people may argue in InfoSec and, and security would say, no, 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 you're never secure. And that's really kind of my line of thinking is you're never secure because once you've got yourself an established kind of like fortitude or, or protected bastion, then at that point, the, the criminals trying to get in, the crooks, they're figuring out new ways to get in. And you need to continue to be diligent and tenacious about keeping your level of security up. And it means more than just patching and updating your AV. It includes even just reading knowledge, like blogs, understanding what's happening. Um, I can go on and on about this, right? And, you know, a little bit of self-education goes a long way. But I, I would say never, ever kind of rest on your laurels and feel like you are completely secure because at that moment, I believe you're not. So it's like imposter syndrome. If you if you think you are secure, then you clearly are not. If you think you are not, then you're on the path to being secure. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the whole the old assumption that as soon as you think you know everything, you really learn that you know nothing. <laughs> Too true. All right. On that note, thanks for joining us. This has been Tactical Security with Wolf and Dave. Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll dig into. Uh, additional tools for assessing security around specific assets. Stay healthy, everyone. Question truth and be better.